this is episode 8 of the Top Deck Podcast. I'm Jesse Green, alongside future GP Vegas winner Jimmy Smith. <laughs> I feel like you're cursing me now. Nah, bro, I yeah. got you, I got you. We just got done booking flights for Vegas in August, man. It's going to be exciting. I am really excited. I've never been to Vegas. Yeah, I've so. never been either. Viva Las Vegas, baby. Yeah. We're I'm... coming. I, it's, if you don't see me at the magic table, I might be at the craps table. <laughs> Never know. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I've never been to uh, Vegas, so it's going to be pretty cool to go there and uh, experience the city and then also get to play some magic and whatever other stuff we get into. Dude, magic every day. Every, every we're going to be day. gone for five days. There's going to be a big magic event every day, it seems like. Every day. All the magic you want. Side events, MCQs, GPs, whatever. So there was a banning in Modern on Monday. Yep. I think that your boy called it. Bears from Below got banned. I called it last week on the last podcast episode. I felt like that was the card they were going to ban just because it wasn't from the new set. You know, people didn't have all the money tied up into it. And it's kind of like that's the scapegoat to get banned. Oh, yeah. You know, it kind of makes them look kind of stupid if they ban something that they just printed. Yeah, especially the, of a set that's supposed to be just for modern. Yeah. Um, but what they did is they essentially killed the Bridge of Iron deck. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, you, there's an article that Tom Ross has, has written. I haven't got to read it yet. Obviously, you can probably still play the deck in some capacity, but it's going to be nowhere near the level that it was at. No, which it shouldn't be. I mean, when people are main decking three surgicals, main deck ley lines, I mean, that's... You gotta cut. You gotta Rune cut halos. it. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta cut it somewhere. Yeah, um, and I'm excited for that because now I get to play the best deck in modern again. Dredge. Dredge. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the dark side. Well, not only that, I feel like it might open up, you know, decks for modern her- from modern horizons that weren't there before. Yeah, there's definitely going to be new archetypes. There's going to be archetypes that get uh, better than what they were. Like, I'm looking at Tron. Tron, I think it's going to come back in. When Bridge of Brown was out, you didn't see nothing from Tron. No, Couldn't too keep slow. Up. Way too slow. But now that that's gone, you ain't getting killed on turn two. You're going to see Tron start popping back up. And I think that's fine, man. You need a deck like that in the format. Just like I think you need a graveyard deck in the format. It just doesn't need to be turn two kill you every time. You know what I'm saying? So um, I thought they got it right as far as what they needed to ban. But it, I, it still feels like a scapegoat move. Yeah, I wish they would have unbanned a few cards. Yeah, I could see that. Um <laughs> I think the format was going to a place where they didn't want it to go. Yeah. Like... It was going to, we can either keep this deck around and we can unban stuff and let the format just get way super powerful. It, hell, it might have been just as powerful as Legacy if they would have kept on going <laughs> that route, okay? I saw it in Legacy. I mean, it's it's moving its way into Legacy for sure. So, I mean, you got that or you can do what they did. They scapegoated Bridge from Below, which, let's be honest, it's a free magic card. It should, shouldn't be played anyway. Super powerful. Um, and now we're back where the format was originally, before Bridge Devon became a deck. Yep. And now you're going to hear people talk about they need to ban Faithless Looting. They need to ban Faithless Looting. Like, it, it just keeps on coming and coming. They're not going to well, do that, people. I, they're no, not. I mean, I feel like Faithless Looting's in a bunch of different decks. And that's why they're not going to ban it. Yeah. Because people's got all this money invested in Modern, and that is the engine to a lot of these decks, and they're just not going to ban it. So, you either get on board one of these decks, a.k.a. Salty J, Johnny Magic going to Dredge, right? Yeah. Or you try to build something that can hang with it. And 
I'm just like, you know what? I'm playing something that if I do what I do, I win. If I if they get the hate and I can't get rid of it, Dredge is definitely a powerful strategy. So there's a modern IQ in Pensacola this week. I'm like lukewarm on if I'm going to go. Be honest with you, I know you can't make it, but I'm kind of lukewarm on it. And one reason is I got the burnout, man. I'm kind of burnout a little bit right now, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on the podcast. Um, so we'll see. But if if you were going to the modern IQMP Cola, what would you be sleeping up and why? You know, I would probably take I would probably take Phoenix. Just because I'm trying to get better at it. I know it's like a good deck and I don't think it's going anywhere. So I'm trying to pick up something that I feel like is, even though I didn't do that good with it in Dallas, I've been practicing a little bit, you know, here and there. And I just, I'm trying to get really, really good at the deck. I don't feel like it's going anywhere. It's a really strong strategy. Trying to get some reps into it. Yeah. What do you think is the best deck to take? Dredge. You I think, think. You think Dredge is the best I deck? I think to Dredge take? is the best deck to take because. I think people are going to be trying new stuff now that Hogak's not running around. They might be trying to pick up older decks or try out new strategies altogether from, you know, Modern Horizons. And I think Dredge just does what it does. So do you think they're going to be taking out some main deck? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Or do you think they're just going to leave it in just because it's already there? No, I don't think they're going to leave it in. Okay. So if I was going... And I might go. I mean, like I said, I'm lukewarm on it. It's not a definite no, but it's more leaning towards no than yes. I would take Dredge. For one, I got it built. I feel comfortable with the deck. I think I could go over there and do probably pretty well with it, the way that I'm piling it right now. I think that the way that I played that deck in Mobile, even though the record didn't show it, if if those decks that beat me aren't having the main deck stuff, I'm feeling oh, yeah. way better about oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's a different game. And so um, my cyborg can change now too, so I can get my abrupt decays and stuff like that instead of having the four ley lines. Um, I would probably take Dredge, and the deck that I think would probably be strongest to take over there is probably two decks. I think Dredge, but you already said that one, so I'll change it up. I think I would take Tron, man. Yeah. I think I would change it up. Hogax gone. I would bring Tron, and I would uh, big Tron get the uh, the sideboard ready. To just make people where they couldn't activate lands. Yeah, I mean you're right. I, I've, I've Tron fell off a little bit, so that would surprise people. Yeah, I think Tron would be a good, good uh, pick to take. So Dredge or Tron would be where I would go um, if we were gonna go play Modern this Saturday. I think it's good for the format that you don't have that one deck that's sitting there because you need to have different archetypes, man. You got to have the combos. Yeah, you got to have the graveyard. You got to have the aggressive. You got to have you know, um, mid-range, control. you got to have all that kind of stuff. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what the format's going to look like now because there's definitely some some M2, or some uh, modern cards out of the new set that hadn't got their time to shine yet. So Oh, yeah. Who got kind of strong-armed the first few weeks of it being legal. So I'm excited to see all the new stuff that comes out. And, you know, Vegas is... Modern Horizons Limited. Limited. We're going to be reaching out to some of y'all out there, <laughs> uh, getting some drafts in, trying to pitch in, get some boxes and draft this set because I'm definitely going to need it for sure. Yeah. So we talked about M20 last episode, and we had like a top five card list. And I think I still have my list. Um, maybe I don't, but I can almost remember them. 
Yeah, we can, I can remember them. So, now that the set's been released and we've been playing some, what are your top five cards from M20 so far? I re really, in no particular order, I really like... I st I'm still really high on Chandra, the big Chandra, yeah. the six mana one. We've been Chandra, testing Chandra Awakened Inferno. Yep, you know we've been testing a big red deck with her in it. And it's been it's been pretty solid. It's been solid, man. Yeah, I've really I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the green ley line has been very impressive. Mm -hmm. Just the just the things that you can do. If you can play a standard deck that feels like modern sometimes, I feel like you're you're on the right track. Yeah, definitely for sure. It's just a different type of power level. Mm -hmm. And 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 I'll let you continue in just a second, but if you remember, man, we we predicted that Nissa was going to take over this format. And that's oh, what you're seeing. Yeah, so. she I mean, she really has. It has been All right, so you got so you're looking at Chandra Wicked Inferno, you're looking at the Leyline of Abundance. What else you looking at? I like the the three mana blue planeswalker and the the blue the green flyers yeah, deck the, and the blue. It's green like a blue deck. green, yeah. It's like a blue green like tempo flash deck. Which if you're playing against Little Teferi, it doesn't seem. But Little Teferi is probably the least amount played that it's been so far since it's yeah. been out. Yeah, that's what I think too. So you got that. That's gonna be what's the uh, the new blue planeswalker's name? I forgot. We'll look it up. What's your next card yeah. that you're looking at? Um, the one-two vampire knight. Has knight been... of the Le the Ebon Legion. Yes, that guy. That guy is good. You know, and then you know who else has kind of piqued my interest that I kind of overlooked. It's I saw this red white angel deck, and I'm trying to think of his name. So it's Mu Mu. Yang Ling Sky Dancer is the uh, Planeswalker Jimmy was talking about. It's double U, one colorless, starts with two loyalty, plus two until your next turn up to one target creature gets neg two, neg O, and loses flying. The losing flying part doesn't seem like it's relevant. It's super relevant. Hydro Crisis is a thing, yep. and they did it to me, so I know. Um, neg three, create a four four blue elemental bird creature token with flying. To create a four four off a neg like that is. And then you get a neg eight. You get an emblem with islands you control. Have tap draw a card. Yeah, that seems a little far fetched to get that. I mean, I guess you could eventually work that, but I feel like if I'm plusing and I can neg and get a four four flyer, that's usually what I'm going to do. Yeah. So what was your last card? Um, it's called Bishop of Wings. He's really mm -hmm. only going to go in this you know type of angel style deck. But for two mana, he's a 1-4 that when an angel enters the battlefield, you gain four life. And then when an angel dies, you get a 1-1 one, one spirit. Value. Yes. Just Lots value of value. Card. Especially for two mana at a 1-4, like he blocks really well, gains you life. Does he, he have you... flying? No, he doesn't have flying. Just looking for flying friends. Yeah. That's Praying right. to the gods for angels to fall out the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my top five cards so far, and I've been playing... You know, a good amount on Arena. I hadn't been dedicated as much as I was last season, man. I think that season just took a little out of me. Yeah. You know, being in that top 200, not getting there top 1K. But I've still kind of been with the meta every day. I think number one card that's affected the format right now is Risen Reef. And I know you're not as high on this card as I am, but I've seen it in action. I've seen what it does. It, you talk about a card or a, a 
deck that feels like modern sometimes and you're in standard this card does that if it lasts a turn yeah you know the only time i've played against that guy is when i'm playing chain whirler yeah and he just doesn't seem that good against but chain i mean we build a deck to beat this deck yeah. so that's what i'm saying if you don't have the chain whirlers or the or the shocks or something like that this card gets out of hand and gets out of hand quick so like whenever it hits the field you're already getting value off of it <clears throat> because you get to look at the deck and you either get to put it in or land in a play or you get to draw a card so three mana one one that lets you draw a card, not too bad. But then if you, the next turns when you start getting the real steam pick up, especially whenever you're dropping you know elementals down and stuff like that. Um, number two, Soren Imperious Bloodlord. You like Soren? Has he been good for you? Yeah, man. This card. Well, the reason that I think that he's top five is because him and another card have just created a whole another archetype. I mean. The only person I knew that knew anything about vampires was me on day one. <laughs> if you're in the Discord, no, I'm just kidding. There was other people, but the first day I just thought about vampires, man. And so I went and looked at the Mythic Championship list from like a couple of Mythic Championships ago. There's a like a rogue vampire deck. Yeah, I do remember that deck. And so I was like, I remembered it, and I said, let me go look at it, and then I'll just change it from there. You know, give me a little base to work off of, and I'll change it from there. And so I built this vampire list. And I'm in Discord, sending a list out going, hey, this list looks pretty good. I'm playing with it. I'm like, man, this Soren's pretty damn good here. And everybody's like, eh, it doesn't look, you know. I didn't really get no response from it. Yeah. Next thing you know, Huey Jensen, almost card for card, is ranked number one on Mythic with a deck. So, <clears throat> Soren is super powerful for a couple reasons. The mana cost is efficient. It's only costing three mana. Starts with high loyalty. It protects itself because you can sacrifice little vampires and you can deal three damage to a target. And you gain three life. And you gain yeah. life with it. Um, it also helps your little guys get bigger because you can plus them. And you can put counters on them. And then they get, I think, death touch and lifelink. So, and then the, the other kicker is, is that you get to neg Soren and put a vampire out for free. Bro, whenever you put the 4-4 that lets you draw cards... With how many vampires that you have out for free, that's pretty good. I didn't realize he gave them death, touch, and life link. Oh, yeah. And plus one, plus one. Yes. Gives them all that. And then, like, if you got to flip to Danto, not a, not a Danto, but Legion's Landing. Yeah. If you got to flip to Legion's Landing, you can just make a little 1 1 token, sacrifice them, do what you got to do. I mean, I killed like four creatures in a row doing that. <laughs> Um, so Soren's been super impressive to me, man. Um, and there's two different vampire shells you can do. You can do a bigger shell or you can do like a mono white with Loxodons. I've been on more of the Loxodons, but I've been playing Mardu and splashing the red for, uh, Judith. Oh yeah. I like Judith. Cause it's been, um, plusing my guys and plus it just gives me a little bit more reach when they try to kill. Cause you know, they're going to try to board wipe me. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that, and then number three, I got Nye of the Ebon Legion. Like, when yeah. I saw this card, I thought it was good, but this card's the second best one drop in standard right now. I didn't even think he was, I thought he was good, but after you play against him, he's he's strong. He'll win you the game. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're playing against Esper and you just have this out, and you can pump it two times, he's already been, he's probably like a four power already. Then you pump him two times, he bumps up to ten, and you just yeah. win the game. Um... If he, if he goes unanswered, he t starts taking over, man, for one mana. For one mana, you can't get better than that except for Land of War Elf, in my opinion. Land of War Elf is super strong, but this guy is right there, right behind He's him. He's good late game. 
Yeah. Lord Elephant too good late game. No, this guy is good early game, good late game. He just does a lot of stuff for you. And whenever you have uh, Soren out, and you can start putting counters on them and get them out of cry range. You get them out of that kind of stuff. Um, he just starts taking over, man. And then number four, I got Omnith, Locus of the Royal. And I know, you, like I said, you're not as high as these elementals, but I've seen them in action. And the reason I put this at number four is not necessarily that it's just powerful by itself, but this and Risen Reef had formed new archetypes. And so I think that had a high impact on it. Um... I have seen a lot. I mean, I have seen a lot of elementals running around. Mm -hmm. I really have. Yeah, and there's different versions of it. You got yeah. one with mass manipulation. You got one that's you know more just elemental base. Um, it's probably going to take a minute to get the right shell where it needs to be at. I was trying some with mass manipulation the other day. I didn't really care for it, like in the elemental style deck. I think it's better just being like the mid rangey shell. Um, but this card has created a new archetype and it's pretty powerful once it, it the elemental deck is a deck that just like rolls it's like a snowball man the farther it rolls the bigger it gets it's one yeah. of those style decks and so you have to play it for the longer game but i think it's a powerful card number if you can, five if you can find ways to like break up their synergies though that's the best way to attack that kind of yeah thing. i think you know playing burn spells playing chain whirlers and yeah that, and who is sleeping on all whirly boy and that's I'm telling why, you right now that's why I, I built the big red deck and I just sent it to you. I'm like, hey man, this deck's been pretty good. Yep. I think it fits good in the meta right now because if people's playing elementals and vampires and stuff like that, and even if they're playing Esper Tempo with heroes, what's better than having shocks and lightning strikes and all that kind of stuff? I mean, really nothing out there. And then the bigger red version, if you if you don't go the aggro version, it gives you more reach because now you have big Chandra, can't be countered. I had Sarkins in there. You know, I had uh, the other Chandra, the four mana Chandra that is able to draw us more cards. And you're playing four treasure maps. And so you're able to get bigger and, and go faster than you normally would. Treasure map's been really good. Yeah. Um, and number five, I have Chandra Awaken Inferno. And this was a, both of our number one card yeah. coming in. Um, I got it number five on this list because it's not like, it hasn't created a new archetype yet. Um, it's like a two of included in other decks that's already around or new decks that's been printed. Super powerful card. I think it's going to get even better when rotation happens. But right now I got it at number five. Um, if you haven't played with it, I'd recommend it. It's always fun, like especially if you're playing against Nexus of Fate, it can't be countered and you give them an emblem, you're like, take your turn. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I did that the other night and I was like, emblem, emblem. And I was like, okay, if you can kill me by the time that these emblems don't kill me, then go ahead. And I actually won a game, so it was fun. Beat Nexus. Beat Nexus. Did a dance. <laughs> That's like my kryptonite, man. I cannot beat that deck. I don't know why. I guess it's just the stuff I'm playing. Or even if I'm playing white, weenie, or mono red, I'll get them down to two life. And it's like, they got to have this card and this card, and they got it. And they just start going off and going off and going off. And it's like, okay, I can't wait for you to rotate. So if you were playing standard right now, what you sleeving up? If I had a standard deck to take to a IQ tomorrow, I would probably sleeve up that big red deck that we've been playing. You'd sleeve it up? Yeah. You'd feel good about it? Oh, yeah. What makes you feel good about it? I think Chain Whirlers is, are really good right now. <clears throat> so, and this deck we're talking about, it's got... Uh, and I like Chandra. War Boss in it. Yes. It's got Chain Whirlers in it. It's got Treasure Maps. It's got... 
both the Chandras, it's got Sarkin, and it's got a bunch of burn spells, yep. and it's got Rekindling Phoenixes. So mm -hmm. we're going a little bit bigger. It's like a big red deck wins. It's just mono red, straight up. And then you got like fries and stuff in the sideboard. Yeah, and the treasure maps like ramping up to Chandra have been really good. So you take that and you feel pretty confident about taking it. Oh, yeah. Um, if I was playing standard tomorrow and had a tournament, it's kind of a difficult choice for me because there's not really a deck that I'm just super in love with. Like, And I think that's one of my problems with standard uh, since I've came back to playing Magic. I haven't found that one deck, man, that I'm just like, this is my jam. I love playing it. I know exactly what I need to do. I'm just like been bouncing around. Don't get me wrong. I've been in Mythic every season. And I've been playing well, but it's like I have not found that one deck that I'm just like. I feel like standard's been like that though. It's just like the meta's been changing so much so quick that it's hard to like get settled into a deck that you like because it seems like when you get good at it, then it changes and it's not good anymore. So then you yeah. got to change it up if you want to like keep on rolling. Then if I had to take a deck tomorrow, I would probably bring dinos. I would probably just bring the Gruul Dinos or Jun Dinos and be like, hey, I'm playing creatures. I'm trying to... Those new Dinos are sweet. I'm trying to end your life total out. <clears throat> if I can, I win. If, if you got something, board wipes or whatever, you got it. Um, for one, it's got the burn spells for like the elementals and vampire decks in it. And then it goes bigger than them. I also feel like if anybody's playing Feather, I, I, I like the cards that it has in it with rip jaws and stuff like that to kind of stonewall a little bit of that stuff collision colossus gonna kill the feathers yep. if you can um I, I i like how fast you can kill somebody i like the card advantage that you get with the new dino that's out whenever it deals damage to something you just enrage triggers and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff oh yeah that guy's really good i would probably bring that deck if I had, yeah. a, a, I think you would have fun with that deck too. Yeah. If I had to take a deck tomorrow, that's probably what I'd play. I don't got the cards to build or anything like that, but if I did, then that's probably what I'd play. Um, speaking of burnout, because we talked about like the way the format is, you haven't really got a chance to settle in the deck and all that kind of stuff. I've experienced a little bit of burnout, and I talked about it on my stream the other night. Of like, man, I'm just so tired of like playing the same things over and over again. I'm tired of. Thought Eraser on turn two. I'm tired of Nexus of Fate, like Wilderness Reformation. I'm just like burnout, man. I think I'm just burnout. Like playing Modern another day was a sigh of relief. I was happy to play. That's because Modern's the best form. But like standard, <laughs> standard, and usually I'm a standard guy. I'm just like, I was just like, I didn't even feel like streaming the other night. I'm just like, I'm just so tired of playing this stuff. Yeah, you know, I think anybody can relate who's just been on the grind and just trying to like make it as a you know a really great magic player professional magic player whatever you know what i always recommend is just playing a completely new format yeah like commander commanders that's what i like to play whenever i get burnt out on like modern or standard because i'm jamming out so many games i'll sit down with you know one of my friends and i'll play a game of commander and it just changes it up yeah so what so what advice would you give somebody? Is that what is that your number one thing you would do is if you were experienced burnout? And there might be some players that's listening to the podcast now going, man, I'm just so fed up with this format right now. I'm just oh, tired. yeah, definitely. Pick, like, yeah, pick up something like Popper or Commander or if you're not, if you don't draft that often, like pick up, do like do some limited drafts or sealed yeah. or something just because you love the game, yeah. right? Or you wouldn't play, but you're just 
you know, where you're at right now is just kind of stagnant. So what I've been doing to offset that is, is I took a break from it a little bit. That was one. I binge watched Dexter show yeah. show on, uh, I guess it's on Netflix or something like that. But my wife and I kind of got into it. And now Stranger Things 3's came out, so we're watching some of that. But I took a break of it where it's like I was waking up, doing what I had to do, coming home, getting on there, trying to grind a mythic, all that kind of stuff. I just kind of put a break to it. Still playing, um, but whenever I do play, I've mixed in some limited with it. So I'm trying to get better at limited. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good idea. Playing modern the other day was, like I said, a sigh relief. Yeah, it's just like a breath of fresh and air. And it was just like, man, I really enjoy playing Dredge. This was fun. Yeah. Even if I'm not winning, I feel like, man, this is just fun, you know? And so I think mixing up the formats, if you're having burnout issues, just mix it up. Play something out of your comfort zone. Like tomorrow, I think there's draft at the shop. I'm probably going to go up there and draft, yeah. man. Do some M20 draft just because I haven't done it. I can't even remember the last time I've drafted in Yeah, me either. So I haven't done it. It'd be fun to just get it, you know, with the guys over there, hang out a little bit, and just see what kind of pe stuff people draft, see how the drafts are working, um, and see what I can come up with. It. So I'll probably end up doing that. Um, but my advice on burnout would be just take your break if you need to. It's okay to take a break. Oh, for sure. Because... Like, I can tell if I'm going to play good or not. Like, if I'm not feeling it, bro, I'm just going through the motions. Like, there's no reason for me to even be playing. Because then I'm just going to get frustrated because I'm not playing my best. Uh-huh. And so I bet I'm I am really shouldn't even be on the computer streaming and doing my thing. Even though I had people watching and stuff like that. And I was, uh, what was cool, what's cool about me is I'll be transparent with you. I'm on stream just telling people, hey, guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just burnt out with this right now. Sorry about this. I know I'm supposed to be creating content or whatnot, but I'm just kind of burnt out. I'd rather be doing something else. Like, I wish there was... A, and I need to find another game for those days that I can do yeah. to stream. Or maybe stream, like, you know, a draft league. Yeah, just do something. Like, maybe I'll just go on Moto and start playing some Modern or something. Yeah. And that's something I might do. But first, take a break. Relax. It's okay. You still love the game. Yes, the meta changes super fast now. But even if you took a couple days off, it's not going to pass you by. You still know no, what's going on. No, not at all. Um, number two, I think, is what you said. I think you need to go try different formats. Um, do something casual. out of your comfort. I, yeah, casual. I, I, I think when Make you're Make sure you're having out, fun. Yeah. That was think, my third rule. Yeah, yeah. I think casual, a casual format is the best idea. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no pressure to do well. You're, just, you're really there just to have fun. Yeah, and, I, and that's my third reason, my third thing to do when you experience burnout is to have fun. That means, like, the best part of Magic, they say Magic the Gathering is the gathering. So go out, hang out with your friends, go play a casual format, of, and that gives you, when you play a casual format there's no pressure, that good brings you back to your basics of yeah. why you like the game. Yes. Like, it's still a game. No matter how competitive it gets, no how much money is on the line, it's still a game. Yep. And if you're not having fun playing the game, you shouldn't be playing. Period. And like I've had to teach myself this over the years, man. You talk about Jesse 10 years ago, I'd have been like, you win at all costs. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't give a crap what you're feeling right now. I don't care if you don't feel like playing, like you're going for top eight right now, win at all costs. Don't matter. Now that I'm getting older, man, I got a son, I got that old man syndrome going on. <laughs> I'm like, hey, the real world is out there. Yep. Everybody lives in it. They they all work their jobs, they come home, they pay their bills, they do all this stuff. 
This is supposed to take you away from that. It's supposed to have fun with it. And so if you're experiencing burnout, man, let us know how you um, operate under those circumstances and what you do to get yourself out of that and get back to the right mindset. Because um, I'm, I'm more interested in that part of the game, too, because it happens to everybody. If you play Magic together and there's at some point in your life you've had some burnout. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of standard format, something I wanted to talk to you about is in that we've been in this position before. We've uh, played in a big standard format before, huge standard with Ravnica, just like this. What do you do when you're playing in the wild, wild west? Jim West. Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want not it. No, I'm just kidding. That's how old I am. Seeing Wild Wild West by Will Smith. If you don't know what that song is, go look it up. I'm not that old, okay? I am a little old, but still. And there was a movie about it. But when I'm saying the Wild Wild West, like there's so many archetypes. There's so many cards in the format. You don't like. You can't be prepared for everything. Like with your whole 75, there's no way. Like you can have a game plan against decks, but your deck's gonna have some weaknesses. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I, so what do you? What's your game plan with that? When this format's like that? I think the most important thing is probably just to play something that you really, really enjoy playing and learn it inside and out. Because everybody else is gonna be switching decks and hopping on a new train every other week. And if you just stick with your deck that you love playing, then even in situations where you may not win, you might be able to maneuver through like certain certain things that you wouldn't be able to if you just picked the deck up so what uh give me some examples of that when that's happened to you and what you've done oh putting you on the spot i know man <laughs> like what format can you remember that was like that and you just stayed true to what you were playing and it paid off for you you know, I should probably take my own advice because that never really happens to me. I'm the one who jumps around to different decks every week. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I stayed with a deck, then it would be a lot better. Because it seems like there's something like... I remember when Mono Blue and Mono Black were like a really big deck in standard. Pack Devotion. Rat. Yeah. Pack Rat. And I, th I remember like towards the very end, after they were starting to rotate, I picked up Mono Blue because I was playing Green Devotion and Red Devotion. Anything but Blue or Black Devotion, what yeah. I should have been playing. And I was, and it just felt, you know, it just felt really right, and it felt good. And I was like, I should have just been playing this deck the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think an example for me when that's happened, man, is like back when we returned to Ravnica, and all these decks were going around. I stuck out with like Bank Control at the time for as long as I could until it just got out of the meta. But one deck that I just stayed with the whole time was that Naya deck that we played. Like, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, pat racks were around and stuff, but I was always playing some form of Domery. And it worked out for me. I topped eight a lot of tournaments. Um, it came to a point where Mono Black was just too powerful. Yeah, it was very and impressive. And so I had to change what I was doing. I still played Domery, but I ended up playing Jund instead of Naya at the time. That way I could have my own black spells to yeah. kind of um, do some things with. But I, I've, I've generally stayed with that card throughout its whole life in the standard format. And so whenever I did that, I think I had some pretty good results. I knew even if somebody's deck was more powerful, I knew exactly what I had to do to beat yeah. it. And they had to outplay me if they wanted to beat me, even though they had a decent matchup. Um, I think with this format, I've kind of always reverted back to mono white. Like that's been a deck that whenever stuff's going like haywire or whatever, I'm just like, 
I'm just going to play mono white and see what happens. And it's worked out pretty well, but it, it just don't have that feel for me, man. Yeah, you got you to gotta find the one that makes your heart beat fast when you play. But I think that, and perfect example of this, finding a deck, enjoying it, playing it to the wheels fall off. Mythic Champion. Next is a fate. Yeah. He no matter if Little Teferi's been in Narset, he don't care. Don't matter. Don't care. He's been playing that deck since day one. He stuck with it and he qualified on Arena and then won a Mythic Championship. Yep. And so I think that's what you have to do. You have to find the deck that you, you like the best. There might not be one that you love, but one that you like the best that you and just learn the lines of play with it. Um figure out the best course of actions against the matchups you have and just get reps with it. The more reps you get into it, the better you're going to feel with it. And it's pretty cool, man, because I got to do an interview with Scott Herndon, who won an IQ in Tampa. Our good and buddy. he's going to be, the interview is going to be on the show today. So I want to go ahead and take you all to that interview with Scott of him sticking with a deck, playing it, and winning an IQ. Here we are. All right, I am joined by Scott Herndon, and Scott, man, I just want to tell you thanks for coming on the podcast and being a supporter, bro, and thanks for uh, everything you've been doing on the stream, too. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you, man. So, Scott has recently top 64 to GP in Tampa, then he won an IQ in Tampa as well. Scott, I want to start out by talking a little bit about your history, man. What got you into the game and how long have you been playing? So, um, I started playing back in um, Darksteel in Fifth Dawn. Um, it was actually by chance. <laughs> um, I thought there was going to be a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament back then, but it was a Magic tournament. So me and my nice. friend, my, me and my friend was like, "Screw it, we're gonna go try to play this game." So kind of learned a little basis of the game and drafted and stuff like that and. Never really started playing standard until, um, I think it was, uh, 8 Crash is when I really started playing standard, and, um, I had this terrible, terrible deck, and, um, so I ended up moving, enjoyed the game, playing with friends casually, uh, didn't have a really good deck. I thought I had an okay deck until I went to a, uh, uh, the shop in, uh, Panama City, and... Got completely crushed, um, very badly, uh, by uh, some people there. So, and then um, Magic became a place where I can just make friends, and so I used Magic um, recently to to make some friends after I moved. Uh, so that's been good. Um, good. I started playing competitively. Um, I think it was Theros is when I really took the game like seriously and started wanting to play better. Um, mm-hmm. That's around the time that I started hanging out with Jimmy and, and then um, kind of like teaching me better moves and stuff like that, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, how the stack actually works, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've just been trying to, I was just playing casually until like I feel, I feel like I was getting better and then was like, man, let's try to be better and play some competitive, so... Yeah, that's kind of where you and I met too. Is in in yep. arena, man. It's kind of uh, cool how the uh, what what you do to give back to the game because Jimmy kind of gives me credit on teaching him how to play better, and then you know Jimmy taught you how to play better, and mm-hmm. it seems like the cycle just keeps on going and going and going. Um, so well, yeah, er, early on in arena, when yeah. we're when we're playing, um, how 
what what steps did you take to start becoming better? Because I remember whenever you first started, you know, there were some um, some plays you were doing. I was like, man, what's Scott doing? I don't know why he did that. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you you weren't really on the leaderboard, just even on game days and stuff like that. But then gradually, as I've watched you progress, man, you just gotten better and better. So what do you what do you uh, give that to? I mean, how how did it all come together? Honestly. Um this is going to sound very cliche. It, it's it's the people who I play with. Uh, playing with Jimmy and your old team back in the day, Team Jank, like made me want to be a better Magic player because you guys were so good and I looked up to you. So mm-hmm. it made me want to improve my game. And so when FNMs and tournaments come in and I play you guys and I had like the satisfactory of like beating you guys, so that's why it kind of took off. And then I started playtesting with Jimmy. And Jimmy just gave me so much information about the game. And I kind of absorbed a lot of stuff that he was telling me uh, for a while there. We, me and him was just, like, totally just feeding off each other's ideas and, like, going to tournaments all the time and, like, just just playtesting every week. And, like, just – and I, I feel like that was, like, my mainstay of, like, just getting better and better and better. It's just all a matter of who you surround yourself with – while you're trying to play test. So whenever you, you were playing standard at the time, and that, that's really what we were all playing at one point, um, what transitioned you into playing modern? Like, when, when did you decide, you know what, I've been playing standard, I'm getting better there, and now I want to kind of take it into other formats? Well, that's easy. That's an easy one. Uh, my boy Wade. <laughs> uh, Wade's my best friend. Um, Wade uh, loves modern. It's his favorite format over any format. And he always had a modern deck, and uh, so he was like, why don't you get some modern? So I, st- I tried to give modern a chance, and modern was good. Um, it's not my favorite format. Standard is my favorite format, but um, I started playing modern, and modern is a good format, but it's just a lot of stuff, a lot more information to retain. But uh, it, is, it is fun to have some fun interactions and stuff like that. And so I started playing because of Wade. Because Wade was like, hey, I want to play some modern with somebody. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm the guy for that. So I picked up a modern deck and uh, started playing some modern. Cool, man. So, so you, I remember you being in Panama City. And then I kind of got out of the game a little bit. And wasn't around the community as much. When did you end up leaving Panama City and taking, uh, going to Tampa, staying over there? Um, October of last year, 2018, um, hurricane in Panama City, as everybody knows. Um, okay. Um, uh, my house was, uh, very destroyed, and so, um, I had to just move. I moved in with my mom here in Holiday, and I found out that I could not live back into my house. A lot of my furniture and other equipments in the house was, was just gone because of, uh, mold and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, our roof got obliterated so i was like you know what i'm just gonna try out a life here in tampa uh do what i need to do and get back on my feet and just do me and it was a long time coming anyway because i needed to move out on my own so yeah i mean i I guess you just moved then whenever i got back into the game and saw you guys in tampa for that gp yeah it was actually very nice to see you guys man I, i wish you guys come here for like iqs and stuff like that but i can't i mean that's wishful wishful thinking you know so I know whenever I was just getting into modern, um, even though I've been playing for dang twenty years now, you know I really never got in that format. I was more like a Brad Nelson, just get me yeah. in standard, let me metagame, all that kind of stuff. So whenever you're going to that GP in the Tampa that you top sixty four, 
I know we got some play testing in, um, and it was funny because you actually got to play against Spirits, which I was on. You came back, you're like, man, we wouldn't have play tested. Then um, ain't no telling what would have happened there, but it helped me with that matchup. Yeah. But what was your what was your mindset going into that tournament? Like that you top sixty four, like top sixty four is a good accomplishment. Obviously, it's not where you want to be. You want to be no. top eight, but Obviously. but you top sixty four. What was your mindset going into that tournament? Like how how was your mind prepared to to go do this thing? Um. My mindset was do your best and make the best plays you can make. Um, if you don't feel bad after a round because you made the best possible play, um, then it can't fail you. So I was going in there like, I'm going to make the best decisions I can make. Uh, I soaked up some information from you against a, a deck that I've never really played before, which was Spirits, uh, which came in handy because I played two Spirits players and beat them both. Uh, nice. <laughs> so And one of them played Chalices, and that was... I still won through a chalice deck, which was really good. But um, um, yeah, I was just I was just trying to soak up so much information, um, watching videos online, um, just just trying to get a better idea. And I figured the, the best way to 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 do the best I can do at the GP is not play an overcomplicated deck. Um, mm-hmm. pl- play a deck that pretty much can play itself. So after 15, 16 rounds, um, I'm not going to be burnt out. You know, well, speaking of burnout, you were playing burn. Yes. Just so everybody knows on on the podcast, um, you got to tell that story, man. How your boy Wade saved the day. All right. So in that tournament, there was a mishap. Uh, I didn't catch it. It, it was <laughs> it was round nine on day one. Round nine. I'm tired. Um, been up all day, playing magic, headache, all of that. Um, so, think everybody's tired. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm. I think I'm not uh, eight and two. Oh no, I'm seven and two at the point at the uh, six and two at at that point in time, and um, I'm playing against a um, a affinity player, and he resolves a chalice on two. Okay, cool. Can't do anything about that. And then it turns out he he also the next turn he tried to resolve a chalice on one. I didn't catch that um, because I was just kind of tired and I didn't think about that mana cost was two. Um, yep. And um, we played like a couple turns, and the turns um, through like my second turn, which we didn't even play anything on each other's side. Uh, we was just kind of in a, a, a kind of a gridlock where none of us could play anything. Um, so uh, it got to a point where he, uh, the judge, stopped us. I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And he said, uh, "Did." Did he resolve this chalice on one after this chalice on two? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, you can't do that. I was like, well, uh, can we back up the game state? Nothing has happened. I cast one spell since them turned two turns, and he casted zero spells in them two turns. Um, yeah. So um, the judge thought about it because I told him, like, it, it does matter because uh, I will definitely lose this match if, I, if, that, if that resolves because I'm sitting there with two one-drop cards in my hand. And, and mm-hmm. one of the one-drop cards is a win con of mine. Um, uh, he's at, like, six life or something like that, uh, six, seven life. Um, so um, he, um, he he talks it over with the judges, and he's like, yeah, we're going to back up the game state. So we both put random cards back on top and um, backed up the game state, and uh, I was able to take home the win because of Wade. Um best friends coming through in the clutch yeah um so i was able to resolve a uh lava master which shot down i had so much cards in the graveyard 
Um, and also I was casting cards just to get cards in the graveyard. And then um, I was just shooting down um, Ink Moth Nexuses and stuff. And then finally got to the point where I was just throwing them at the face. Uh, yeah. the critics because that's three mana cost and there was just nothing you could do about it. Yeah, I know. I was playing after you did that and Wade helped you on that one round. We were playing F&M in uh, Fort Walton. And I was playing with the uh, the Bant mid-range deck at the time. And I was playing against a green mirror match. And I had some Vigilant zombies out with O'Catcher. And this guy played a um, played that guy that gives you two zero twos. And he's got Hexproof. And then if they block, then they uh, make it where they can't be untapped or whatever. Yeah. And so I tapped my Vigilance guys because I didn't read the card. I just thought it tapped them. Then they couldn't be untapped, but it didn't tap them. So after that, we drew that round, and I go outside, and, and Jimmy and Zach's like, hey, man, why'd you tap your Vigilance, guys? That thing didn't say tap. And I was like, well, how come y'all couldn't be a Wade and tell me that during the game state? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm just like, I'm looking for my Wade, you know, in case something happens. Yeah, but no, um, right. speaking of the Bant Shell, you know, we had, uh, I think Jimmy, you, and I were on that thing for standard. a little bit. Correct. Yep, and standard. We're back in the standard now. Um you had that IQ coming up. We had talked about a little bit on stream, like what I liked on it. Then you talked about what you liked on it. And you ended up taking the bench shell and winning that IQ. Tell me a little bit about that, how your mindset going in was, how your preparation was, and then tell me a little bit about the tournament. Um, so at the time, um, Bant just sounded like a great idea. Um, there wasn't – people couldn't really handle uh, or see a catcher coming out of nowhere. And uh, if a catcher hit the battlefield, it was just game over. Um, especially with Vivian. Um, so mm-hmm. pe- people were kind of like, ah, I don't know what to do. Uh, fuck, what is he going to cast? What is he going to cast? And so it was just kind of like a catch people off guard kind of uh, deck. And um, I believe that I caught a lot of people off guard. It played Teferi. It played a whole bunch of fun stuff. Uh, Shalai and sometimes Shalai. They just can't handle Shalai. And it just got to a point where I'm just pumping my team every turn and swinging mm-hmm. face. Uh, so uh, that deck was really fun. Uh, it had a lot of great interactions, and um, my only loss through the whole night was to a Esper hero deck, um, which ended up me getting my revenge in top eight. I beat him in top four, um, so uh, I feel really good about how I played that day, and uh, it turned out to be great. Um, there's another one coming up in uh, next weekend. There's another IQ standard, and um, I'm taking. Um, I'm not taking a Flash, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be taking um, uh, Naya Feather. Nice. Naya Feather was actually in top eight today in the Open. Um, Oliver Tomiko actually lost on top eight with it, but I think it's a decent position deck, especially if you're going to see a lot of elementals and stuff like that. Um, Going forward, man, how do you feel about the state of Magic as far as how the online present is going to be getting bigger now? you got Mythic Championships on Arena if you qualify top 1,000. Um, where do you see Magic going, and how do you feel about it? Um, I think it's um, heading into a good direction. Um, uh, there's a lot of interactions nowadays. You have, like, really good uh, just kind of counter cards, uh, especially with the new set that came out that kind of deals with uh, a lot of the problem- problems that were in the format. Um, just to be able to take care of some good sources, uh, two, two mana instances that just takes care of a problem that you need to go on yesterday. 
Um, there's just there's just so so much good cards in standard right now. I actually enjoy standard a lot. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, it's it's doing it's doing good. Uh, it's in the it's in the right direction where it needs to go. There's still some overpowered cards, but um, the most cards that I'm I I don't like. It's, it's pretty much one card uh, that should never have been printed, but that goes away next set, and so once that rotates, uh, we'll see how the the, the meta game is going to be. We got to be talking about Nexus yeah, effect, absolutely. right? Absolutely, they shouldn't have made a card that shuffled back <laughs> to So, do you think? Do you feel like Paper Magic is going? By the wayside now that arena is available, do oh, you no. feel like it's going to be mostly going to be on computer side, or do you feel like that oh, no. it can be a balance of both? It's a balance of both because you have um, it's the same thing with Moto. Um, you you can get online, jam out some games, play test, play test, play test, get a higher rank. And uh, what Magic is most importantly, besides just a, a card game, it's an interaction between people. People play. People play magic to have interactions with with humans, you know. Uh, it, unless you're a, a completely um, in, introvert and just don't want to talk to people, arena's great for you. But uh, magic lets you be able to talk to people, talk about ideas, talk about what you could have done better, talk about um, things you can put in your sideboard. It's just it's just a, a thing that you can talk about your friends that play with you, and like it just it just feeds on like the social interaction which that's another part that i love about magic yeah i mean the best part of magic the gathering is the gathering right you're right you are absolutely right i mean you look at and i always tell people this it doesn't matter where you came from your political beliefs your religious beliefs don't matter i mean you're talking about me and you have totally separate different political viewpoints and some religion religion uh differences but you know we're friends because of this card yeah. game um, you know, that's the first thing that, that got us together and let us become friends. We've had differences before, you know, but at the end of the day, if you don't talk about some of that stuff and you keep it magic related and just know that you're a good person, I'm a good yeah, person. Like I don't, that's what magic's all yeah, about, man. You're going to believe what you want to believe and I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And, but we have a same interest and that's magic the gathering. And if you can just relate to the magic, the gathering part and not none of that outside stuff. Yeah. Um, harmony's there. You just got to be able to know where to go and, uh, how to. Uh, to stay there you know some people just don't know yeah and i mean stop. you'll find more stuff that you have in common with oh, people yeah. throughout through this game than you do have differences yeah, of um so what's going forward man what's the plans for scott going forward Where, where's the next tournament set what are you trying to get better at and, and what are you going to be playing in modern and standard are you playing any legacy okay. Don't play Legacy. Um, I stopped playing Modern right now. I kind of don't like the format as it is right now. I'm just too invested in Standard. Um, I've been on a standard, standard fix for a while now. So uh, uh, this Saturday, uh, Super 1, uh, 1K IQ at, at my store here in uh, nice. uh, Palm Harbor. Uh, short stops. Um, it's going to be a Super IQ uh, Standard. And um, I'm going to go there and hopefully uh, take home another win. i got to defend my title. <laughs> So that's um, it. That's the, it. Once you're on top, now everybody's gunning yeah, for you. I mean, you can gun for me, but you ain't gonna get me, baby. I'm dodging them, baby. <laughs> we gotta uh, play our best. Um, just make sure you have you play to your outs, and uh, if you lose because you did play to your outs, that's perfectly fine. Like you did the best as you can. Sometimes you just lose to a, to a deck that is supposed to beat your deck, and that's okay. You gotta realize like that's what's supposed to happen. But you gave yourself a fighting chance for playing the best place you can play. Yeah, I mean, and I go back to back in the day, man, when we had 
arena comets going, and there was just a ton of good players there. Oh, yeah, there. It, was, it was great. And, it was so and, competitive, and we had the regular FNM, too, so, like, it made me it made me want to be better. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you if at Arena at one point when we had you know we had people come through there that's been on the Pro Tour multiple times, um, we had people who won IQs who top eight almost every tournament. I mean, I felt like if you could win at Arena during certain times, then you could go win anywhere. Yeah, um, I started playing Feather. Feather's been really good. I can beat pretty much any kind of deck. Uh, there's not a deck that I just automatically lose to. Um, I have certain outs to any deck, um, but as far as it's going right now, um, I feel like it's a very strong deck, especially with God's Willing, and uh, it's probably going to be my best bet to catch people off guard and, and also keep with the tempo aggro race that I can do. Um, sometimes people think that they can erase me, and I'm like, no, you can't race me. You can never race me. Um, and because mm -hmm. they were like, okay, I'm at 12, I'm gonna attack you, bring you down to seven. I'm got lethal next turn. I'm like, you're dead. <laughs> There's nothing, yeah, you're just dead. I got 12 damage you don't even know about. <laughs> so, um, just stuff like that just makes me like love the game a little bit more because it's just Feather is one of the decks that just can, uh, like that Randy Orton RK out of nowhere, and, <laughs> yep. and people just don't see it coming. Yeah, it reminds me of that Naya deck almost that Jimmy and I used to pilot back yeah. in the day I'll, uh, with uh, Gore Clan Rampagers and Boros Charms. Yeah, and then like the, the, the difference between playing Naya over Boros, um, there's a couple good cards that I like to play over just a regular uh, red-white version. Um, Season of Growth is phenomenal. It's a beast card. It's probably one of the best cards in the deck. Uh, especially with how many spells I sling. And also, uh, Collision Colossus. I love that card to death. It's a very good card. And to be able to pump my guy plus four, plus two, get it back, and, like, kill a flyer, it's fucking phenomenal. So, like, if... I'm going to go ahead and give me a, a self-plug here. If you listen to the Top Deck podcast when M20 came out, I was the guy who put uh, the card that you just mentioned in my top five because mm -hmm. of the Feather Deck. Mm-hmm. I love that card. So if you got two on the board, you're just flying, drawing all day. It was it was a time that I had two of them, and uh, I chained uh, 16 uh, points of damage uh, from that card. Uh, ended the turn with um, uh, like 12 cards in my hand. I mean, and nobody's really playing it yet. No. A lot of people are just straight up with Boros. So I want to end on this. I want to ask you, coming from a player that couldn't top eight in FNM. To somebody who has now top 64 to GP and has won an IQ. If somebody was starting today, maybe they're not getting the results they, they really want. Or they're just starting the game. What would you say to those people that, you know, because it's, it's easy to get down yourself when you're not getting the results you want. What, what would you tell these people to, to get them better? Um, find someone at, the, at your shop, your store, or someone who plays with you that are, that, that's decent. Um, try to attach people, make friends with people who are uh, that you know is a good player at the game, and absorb as much as information as possible. Um, they're going to be your best pet to make the correct moves where you need to make the correct moves, what to think about, and stuff like that. Um, they're going like, to gravitate you towards being a better player. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in the information yep. era. I mean, it's easy as a click of a button yep. now. So. Sure does. Well, man, I appreciate everything that you've done for me on the stream, everything that you do for the podcast, all the support you give us, man. I'm looking forward to seeing 
all the wins and victories that you're going to be getting in the future, man. I am proud of you because I know your, your beginning journey and I know where you're at now. I'm super proud of uh, your accomplishments and where you came from and how, how you got better at the game, bro. And I just want to say thanks for coming on today and look forward to hearing and seeing what's next. Uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much um, yeah, thank you, man. Um, don't forget to subscribe to twitch.tv. Salty underscore J. Um, I did get some good uh, ideas from uh, you, actually, for that um, IQ that I won. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and hit that uh, follow button in for a chance to win a box of uh, War the Spark. Well, I appreciate you, brother. You have a good day, and I will talk to you later. Adios. Thank you. I really want to thank Scott for that interview, man. I know he's been excited, putting up good results, and I look forward to having him on the show again one time. And then uh, seeing what he's got left, man. See what he's going to do. I know we've been kind of watching him and, and seeing what's next for him. So Yeah, he plays some really cool decks. And if you've ever watched him, he has some really interesting lines of play. That some lines of play sometimes. If he's talking to me on stream, I'm like, nah, bro, that's not, that's not my game plan. And he's like, no, you got to do this. And I'm like, nah, let me do my game plan. Because if I start going off on yours, I'm going to lose track of what I'm trying to do. So, But uh, really appreciate uh, Scott taking the time with us. Um, with that interview and wish nothing but the best for him. So, last but not least, pun of the week. Do you got a good one for me this week? It's pretty. It, it felt pretty bad when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Especially go ahead. since I was talking up a Whirly Boy before, ooh, but I did play ooh. against that Dino deck, and I had a, a treasure map app, and I scribed to the top, and I was like, "Oh, Chain Whirler. He's always good." Always good. Not always good. Because <laughs> I cast him and forgot about those damn enraged triggers. I know. Ooh. I know. My opponent drew two cards. Drew two cards. Had two rip jaws out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, Whirly Boy is not always good. Yes. Not always. <laughs> I got a better one than that. I punted so hardcore. Alright, let's hear it. Alright, so I'm playing against my nemesis. Nexus of Fate. Right? <laughs> I'm playing Vamps. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, dude, I'm sitting there like, don't let me untap. Don't let me untap. I don't care if you got a root snare or not because I'm going to kill you with some drain damage. So my plan was I had Judith out. I had two vampires. One was a token. And I had Sorn. So I'm like, if he let, he's at four life. I'm like, he lets me untap. I don't care about a root snare. I'm just going to plus the Sorn, sack the vamp. It's going to... Judith's going to trigger for one, and I'm going to drain him for three, right? So he lets me on tap after he took about five or six turns. Like, he should have already been dead, but he <laughs> he just started going off and then didn't get there, right? So he lets me on tap. I give him the good game emote. I'm like, GG. <laughs> GG. All right. So I plus my sword to sack my creature. I'm like, I can sack my 4-4 guy, or I can sack my 2-2 token, right? I'm like, hell, oh, I want to no. keep my 4-4. Four four. Oh, sack, no. sack the token. <laughs> I sack the token. He goes down to one. I'm like, the hell? Can't be right. And he's looking. Like, he doesn't say nothing, but he's, like, stalling. Like, and so then I'm like, uh, scroll over my cards, and I read Judith that says, non-token. Non-token. I said, well, Damn. I guess that's what you gotta do to read the card, and next time you won't be so damn cocky about it, will you? Good game. Yeah, good game. <laughs> gave, him, gave him the GG emote, bro. Just knew I had him, because I was already like 
anytime I'm playing Nexus, I'm already on a little tilt mode. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. And as soon as he let me untap, I was like, finally, I finally got him. Finally got him. Finally got him. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Good game. Sack the token. Got him down to one. Didn't win. Yep. Punt of the week. Man, I appreciate all y'all listening to us this week. This is episode eight. We're just going to keep on rolling. I was a guest on another podcast this week. It was the uh, H&K Video Games podcast. If y'all haven't, checked those guys out, man. They got some good followings. Oh, if, definitely. If you like stuff like um, old school Nintendo games, they got stuff about the PS5. <clears throat> I mean, they talk about everything game related. Like, yeah, these guys are really cool. They're really cool to listen to. Yeah, if you haven't listened to them, it's one of my good buddies, Marcus, a.k.a. Hollywood, and uh, one of his buddies. Um, if y'all have not listened to that podcast, y'all please go over there and listen to it. Um, I think they wanted to learn more about Magic, and um, the other guy hosting it actually used to play Magic. He started back in the 90s. He was talking about Ice Age and stuff like that, man, so we got to talk a little bit about that. Um, but we basically, it was a good interview, man. It's about like if they didn't know, if you never played Magic before, what would you do? How would you get started? And they want to know about our journey of like trying to go where we're going. And they enjoyed our podcast, so they wanted to have me on, man. Great experience. Like I said, y'all go look these guys up. HKVideoGameExperience.podbean.com is how you get up to them. But uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you all so much. We enjoy it every week. And we hope to bring you all some fantastic results soon, if not at the magic table, at the craps table. That's right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Y'all have a good weekend. This is the Top Deck Podcast. Thanks, guys.